Coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona, home of Super Bowl 57, it's the Geary, Stein, and Stevens Show with your hosts, Troy Geary, Will Stein, and Dave Stevens. I'm back. That's right. Geary, Stein, and Stevens live from Radio Row. We have just been grabbing everybody we can to talk to. It's filled with a cavalcade of stars from Carrot Top to LaGuerre Blount. Now we're going to talk a little baseball. And the weird thing about this is we've got the Kansas City Chiefs in town, but we are now sitting with the new GM of the Kansas City, City Royals. And, and, and uh, I guess, you know, you since know, Troy's a big Royals fan, and, uh, he's, he's going to probably dominate, dominate most of this conversation, conversation here. But uh, JJ Piccolo joining us a little bit uh, to talk some baseball, maybe a little football, because I hear he's an Eagles fan, but he's got that Kansas City uh, thing going on here. But uh, we've uh, going to talk some baseball and uh, – why don't, Why don't you kick it, it off for your team? Yeah, JJ, uh, you're a longtime assistant GM. Finally get your opportunity with the Royals. How much does that mean to you? Well, it, it, it's really a tremendous honor. I mean, the, the, this, this organization is a special organization. Uh, I've had the privilege of being here for 16 years, going into my 17th now. Uh, had many, many different roles along the way, so I gained a lot of experience. But uh, we love the community of Kansas City. Our kids have grown up there. Uh, so we, we want our team to do well, and we're working hard to, to be a winner, consistent winner. And, uh, you know, pretty young team. You know, you brought back Zach Greinke. You got some free agents signed. Uh, do you like your group you got going into spring training next week? Yeah, we do. Um, we, we spent a lot of time trying to address the depth of our pitching staff. We've got a, a nice young core of pitchers that we think are going to lead us into the future. But at the same time, we need some veterans uh, that will eat up innings for us on the front end and the back end. Uh, so signing Jordan Lyles, Ryan Yarbrough, Zach Grinke is certainly going to make our team better. Uh, and then as we went through the end of the year, bringing in a role to Chapman, and then also trading for Josh Taylor. I think we've got a nice core of guys that are going to blend well with our young guys, and then we'll be able to move forward in, in a very positive way. And real quick, 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 with Chapman, uh, are you uh, considering him a setup role, or is he is it kind of uh, by committee with the closer? Yeah, uh, he. We, we what we shared with with Aroldis is you know basically he's got to go in and win the job. Uh, we know he's closed and closed a ton of games. But we got Scott Barlow in the back end, and Scott has done a tremendous job for us. I think it was 24 saves last year. I'd like to think that between the eighth and ninth inning, between those two, we'll have some lockdown guys. But we're also optimistic about Dylan Coleman, uh, who came on strong as the year ended last year. Carlos Hernandez is another young pitcher that we think as the years go on, he'll evolve into a back end guy. But typically the way that that system works, you have guys that have done it first, and the young guys learn from them, and then eventually – uh, they become the closers, and that's what we're trying to set up right now. JJ, how do you still deal with, I guess, the, the small market mentality for the Minnesotas, the Kansas Cities, where, and these other teams just seem to have open pocketbooks, and, and yeah, they'll open it up, but you decimate your team other ways by not signing. I mean, how do you still deal with that in this day and age? Yeah, you know what, it's just, it's just what it is, and you, you have to accept that when you take these positions. You understand that there's a there's a disparity between a large market and small market team. Um, but what you have to do is you got to win on the margins. Uh, you got to be solid in your decision making. Uh, you sometimes you have to make difficult decisions to trade a player prior to their six year free agency, and that always hurts, and it hurts the fan base to do that. 
uh, but anything you can do to be competitive year in, year out, uh, which it has been done. There are several teams that have done it. Cleveland's doing it well right now. Tampa's done it well. Minnesota's doing it well. So it can be done. And when I look back to 14 and 15 when we were in the World Series, we were doing it well. So it can be done. Uh, it's just sometimes you got to make moves that hurt a little bit and, um, you know, keep looking to what's our next acquisition. Your story is amazing. So where did you start off and how did you get to this point? It's the dream job of being a GM in baseball. Well, like – like a lot of stories, I was very fortunate. Um, I was a college player. Uh, got a chance to play in minor leagues briefly. I had 13 at-bats, one hit. I'm glad I scratched out that one hit, so I wasn't officially O-O-O. Um, but then, you know, fortunately, Dayton Moore was a coach of mine in college, and I, I went and coached college baseball for five years. And then Dayton said we had an they had an opportunity in Atlanta to be an area scout. He asked me if I'd be interested. I certainly was interested, jumped on it. And then, you know, eventually just started moving up the ranks with the Braves. Got a chance to move into the front office in June of uh, 2004. Uh, a couple of years later, Dayton went to Kansas City, and I was fortunate enough to go with him to Kansas City. And my experiences grew. And, just, you know, I, I, I don't know what I can put my finger on, but other than just getting great opportunity. Uh, you had your step as the first year of uh, hired Matt Quattro. What do, you, what do you like about him, and uh, what kind of – stuff can he bring with his staff uh, to Kansas City that uh, will have beneficial for the team? Yeah, we call, we call Matt Q. That's his nickname because his last name's kind of tough to say, so we just call him <laughs> Q. Um, but but from the moment Q came into the interview room and went through the process, you could feel a connection. Uh, we know what our team's like. We know the personalities. We know what they were looking for. Um, and you know, we were just clicking on all cylinders through that interview. Uh, then you look at his experiences, you know, ha having spent a lot of time with Tampa, spent four years on the bench with uh, Cleveland and, you know, watching Terry Francona manage that club. Uh, he, he's a great listener, and you can tell he learned a lot from that experience. And, you know, knowing what our club needs and the way he thinks about lineups and roster construction, the way we built our staff out around him, it's just been an enjoyable thing. Uh, I think he's going to be a great communicator with our players. He understands the young players. And he's also got a track record of being with teams that have won on the margins, as I stated a couple of minutes ago. So I think it's going to be a pretty special bond between he and our, and our organization. And, you know, there's been a lot of changes in baseball the last couple years, technically, technology, things like that. Are we still are we getting away from the analytics and going back to more of a manager going on gut, or is it is the wave of the future still going to be that you know, algorithms and all these certain things? Yeah, you know, I really think that the the algorithms and the models that are built they're always going to be part of what we do, uh, and they are predictive in nature. Uh, but they they actually come alongside of our evaluations, uh, what our instincts tell us, and when you can blend those two things you may have something that's pretty special. And, and that's ultimately we, what we want to do. There's a lot of data that can be collected. You know, the thing that I, that I think has stood out to me more than anything, when we first thought about analytics, it was, it was solely in player acquisition. Now it's about player development because of all the technology, whether it's pitch shaping, pitch design, uh, you know, getting your fastball to rise, sinkers, whatever you're trying to do. I think the technology's really improved player development and I think that's going to be around for a long time only because the technologies are only going to get better. So I don't think it's going anywhere soon, but the best front offices in the game are going to have a blend of both. All right, JJ, I got to ask you about the big game. I know you're an Eagles fan and you're in tough position, but uh, who do you got this weekend? 
Well, I, I've been very neutral <laughs> because I, I, I don't want to say Eagles and have Kansas City mad at me, and I don't want to say Eagles because it might jinx them. Um, but it, I think it's going to be a great game. I, I do think the Eagles have a little bit of an advantage overall. They're, they're more balanced offensively and defensively. But the Chiefs have Pat Mahomes, and when you have Patrick Mahomes, there's no telling what can happen. I'm just hoping for a great game. So I'm not giving you a prediction, I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a good idea. Well, JJ, you've you got to get, get like that jersey that the Kelsey brothers' his mother has. Uh, Kansas City half Yeah. Uh, but give us, uh, you know, 30 seconds a minute. What is the day-to-day job of a GM? Like, is it just, you know, you're working about contracts, you're working about player personnel? Like, when you get to that level, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, the, the, the big thing is you, you're very, you're spread very thin across many departments. The focus has to be on the major league team. Uh, we have to constantly evaluate, uh, whether it be through waiver claims, trades, free agency. We have to constantly evaluate how we make our team better. But at the same time, we got to keep an eye on, eye on player acquisition, and that that's international scouting and player development. That's also domestic scouting with the draft. So you're trying to have enough communication with all those departments on a regular basis that it doesn't leave you a whole lot of time to sleep. Um, but but that's what makes it fun. So. I, I've really enjoyed it. I got a lot to learn. You know, this is really my first year on my own. Uh, and I'm sure if you ask me that question next year, I might answer it a little bit differently because I'm going to learn, learn a lot through this year. And everybody thinks going into the season that uh, everybody, everybody thinks, thinks going into the season that this is the year. So are you on that bandwagon or do you know you need some more growth or a few more pieces of the puzzle to make you guys a contender or are you satisfied with this team over the spring training? Yeah, we're, we're in a situation right now where we've created some opportunity for young players to play every day. Um, so Bobby Witt Jr. is going to play shortstop just about every day. We have some depth there as well with Nicky Lopez and Michael Garcia, but we also freed up center field for Kyle Isbell to play center a lot, Drew Waters play center a lot. So we're, we're in a – there's building blocks in place, and what we're trying to get out of 23 is give those players enough experience and give our evaluators – the best chance to decide what do we need to do next offseason. I think we'll be better um, because I think our pitching is going to be better. Um, but I think we're also with the experience our position players got last year, they're going to be able to sort of come into their own and really establish themselves as everyday players. So we're we're moving in the right direction. We just got to be patient with the process. And George Brett's not walking through that door anytime soon, right? <laughs> well, not not the play. A little for old timers day, right? <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, George can't play anymore, but he probably can handle himself well regardless. Before we let you go, I want to ask this. Are, are we ever going to get in the day and age where you get to keep that player for 10 to 15 years? Because now with free agency, it's like you don't get, you don't know who's playing next year, and you don't get the quiz and berries and Rats and Eisenreichs and those kind of guys. I think that speaks to you know, the way our game is built right now. And, you know, but things can change. I, you know, one of the things that stood out to me that was said to all the general managers, when teams went 105 to 115 games, that's not really healthy for the game. When teams are only winning 65 to 75, that's not healthy. We need to, we need to kind of shrink that, that gap between the, the, the haves and have-nots. And the only way to do that is address the economics of the game. How can we bring some parity? So hopefully in the years to come in the CBA, that we got another four years of our current CBA, that those things are considered so we can procure the health of the game. And the health of the game is all 30 teams and not just the top 10 payrolls. So obviously as a small market team, we hope that we move in that direction and we think we can be 
more competitive year in, year out. But again, going back to your last question, we were, we believe you can do it anyway. It's just if you have more parity, then, then it should be more consistent. All, All right, JJ. JJ. Thanks, thanks for stopping by. by. It's nice to have a little baseball. Screen training pitchers and catchers report on the next week. Yeah. So, so yeah. So on Monday, tomorrow, right? yeah, the, the players participating in the WBC report on Monday, and then official pitchers and catchers are on Wednesday. So it's an exciting time. All right, exciting, exciting time, time all around, around here. Radio Row. No problem. The season and as a Midwest guy, you know, if you were the Twins there, I'll be happy. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, Troy. We got other people coming on this afternoon, and of course, we are here from Radio Row. All week, everybody walking by, we got GMs, we got Hall of Famers, we got all kinds of people, but of course, we also have to pay some bills. I want to thank our folks from Fresh Food Breakfast sponsoring us this week. And of course, if you're log on right now, go to FreshFoodTeams.com. FreshFoodTeams.com. We have an exclusive offer for our fans. Like the show goes touchdown, you can get 25% off. These are amazing shirts. I'm telling you, I've been wearing them all week. It's been a little bit of a good night. You know, I got a few phone numbers. Please support us. Please. Support us. Please. Support us. Support us. Support us. Support us. Support us. Support us. Well, please, please continue, continue to join us, us and support the Gary, Gary Stein and, and Stephen Show live from Radio Row. That's a wrap.